Welcome to episode 74 of Offbeat Tracks. The Hello. Year the, the year that ABBA won Eurovision. Hello. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's the, but we're not talking about it. I was about to say no. it's the ABBA episode, but that's very, very misleading. The year that Nixon resigned from office. Mm-hmm. Wow, 74 is such a good year. Fingers crossed. That's going to happen again. <laughs> it's um, been a day. So we're talking about an album that, uh, as of last week I mentioned, has come back from the dead yes uh this album is called why can't tori read and -hmm. it is an album that i have loved since i have known about it um about a decade ago um i used to have a good buddy named brandon and brandon was obsessed with tori amos loved her um i was never i'd never really listened to her but um he showed me this record that uh, he was like, you know, she was in this band before she blew up. And uh, I was like, huh, what? And okay. so the, I was I was I was allured by the rarity yeah. of this record and uh, got me into it. And then I listened to it. He sent me the tracks from it. And uh, I was like, wow, this is a kick ass album. It's pretty cool. So here's a little background on, on this. So Tori Amos is from Baltimore, right? Her first musical foray, by the way, was actually winning a contest where she sang a song about the city of Baltimore. Did you know this? She wrote no. she wrote a song called Baltimore. And uh, my friend that I mentioned is such a psychotic fan. He actually has the pressed seven inch of that. Jesus. Which is, I, I, I would have to assume that it is invaluable, but he, he owns a copy of that, which she released as Ellen Amos because that's her real name. The little orange label. He's shown me pictures of it. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, Tori gets a record deal with Atlantic Records in mm-hmm. 1987, I believe it was, and um, assembles this band and handpicks a producer um, by the name of Joe Ciccarelli. Joe Ciccarelli um, had done the remix of Synthesize for SSQ just a few years ah. earlier, by the way. So he was kind of a, an up-and-coming producer, and he's uh, he's done some cool stuff since then, too. Uh, most recently, also, I thought this was pretty funny. Um, he uh, produced Morrissey's album that just came out a few weeks ago. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he gets around. Yeah, he does. But uh, he's, a, he's a very talented producer. So anyway, she handpicked him. And I, I found this interview with him from just about uh, six or seven years ago where um, he the interviewer briefly asked him about this record. And he talked about how happy Tori Amos was with this album at the time. Um, and I say that because if, if you're learning about this record for the first time from hearing us talk about it right now, Tori Amos has always been very re- weird about this album. Yeah. She has not ever really talked about it in interviews, um, has barely acknowledged its existence, and has definitely never allowed Atlantic to like let this album see the light of day. Um, it came out in 1988. It did not sell well. It was very quickly pulled back, um, had the promo cuts put into it, and redistributed, um, and fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it became very valuable years later after she blew up, and people realized that she had this record, and it was really hard to find. Because um, Little Earthquakes, a lot of most people think, is, is her debut record. That came out in 1991, so this had come out three years earlier. Um, and then people started wanting copies of it. And then when eBay became a thing, then that's when the value of the album really went up. But all that changed this year. Um, this all came out with this interview that um, some delightful homosexual did with <laughs> Tori Amos, <laughs> where he, he literally just like straight up asked her about it, like, girl, when are you going to re-release this album? And most people, like most interviewers just don't ask her about the record because they know she doesn't like talking about it. Yeah. Um, and she just got her response to him is kind of like, what? Like, you like this album? 
And he's like, yeah, I <laughs> love it. you ever met anybody who liked it before? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. And she, she kind of said that she had, like, quote, made peace with it. That's what she said to him. And then here, a few months later, she totally flipped the tide. And the album has been re-released. It came out just a few weeks ago. That's so weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I have a copy of it. And um, I have my copy of the original one, too, that I've had from back in the day. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about a few songs from it. Um, it's a fabulous record. Uh, what what, what did you think? First of all, where are you on Tori Amos? Because I don't think we've ever really Tori, talked about her. I don't think we have. Um, I mean, I, I've heard some stuff. I've never really cared about it. There are a couple songs that I think... And she's incredibly talented. So it's like I never don't enjoy listening to some 90s Tori Amos, but I also never really feel like it. Um, I've known about this since her Behind the Music in the 90s when they kind of mentioned it. So I always knew that as like a trivia thing in the back of my head. When Napster came out, like I always had it in the back of my head. So like that was one of the first things I downloaded because I was like, I want to hear this. Nice. Was Big Picture. So I've always known that song, but I've never really gone further than that. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, I just like why can't Tori read is just in the background. Also, very funny. Did you read why they named themselves Why Can't Tori Read? Did it have to do with uh, the the rumor I've always heard is that it had to do with her not being able to read sheet music? Yeah, she went to like the Peabody Conservatory and she got kicked out because she refused to read sheet music. You know what? Though respect, same. I don't. I don't read sheet music. I don't either. It's I, fucking hard. I mean, I can, but I I'm really by, slow at it. Not, I play by ear. I play by ear. Yeah. Yep. Um, by the way, we should talk about the album art. I know this is a podcast and I hate talking about visual things, but it is worth noting. Um, she's like in this big old bustier. Love it. Has gigantic hair and has a pirate sword behind her head. Mm-hmm. And it is fantastic. Yes. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get into some of these tracks and, and discuss. You mentioned the big picture, so we'll start there. Um, this is the only music video that Why Can't Terry Reed ever shot. Um, it is available. You can find it pretty easily on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be linked on our website, of course, as well, offbeatrackscast.com. Um, yeah, this is a, it's just weird to hear Tori Amos sing music like this. It is, Don't yes. But I mean, there is still like, even though this is very synth pop and very 1988 in so many ways, you can hear future Tori Amos in this stuff. 100%. Like everywhere, like there's still, there's some like bomb ass Tori piano you can hear in there, like interspersed. It's really cool. Her voice is so good. And it's still so expressive, and the lyrics are deep. And it's like, I don't know, it's like that synth pop that's really fun, and you enjoy listening to it, but you can hear hints of the future if you're into the deeper shit. In all it's of these, definitely yes. definitely there. It's not like this vapid music that you get from so many old synth pop things. This is, the music, Tori is very present. The music video songs. is also very worth watching, yes. because there's this weird interlude at the beginning where a cop is writing her a ticket, and she's like, hey, what are you doing? Somebody broke into my car. And he's like, ma'am, I'm giving you a ticket. You're illegally parked. And she's like, somebody broke in my car and stole my underwear. And I'm like, <laughs> why was your underwear in your car? Like, that's the only thing I walked away thinking about that. But yeah, the song's amazing. Uh, video's great. She's got, like, this giant dress on. And they're, like, blowing this air up. And she's, like, wearing this. Mm-hmm. It's like It looks like one of the things from elementary school, like, where on, on like, everybody would stand around it and, like, hold the giant parachute oh, and fling yeah. it up. It looks like she's, like, wearing one of those as a dress. It's pretty cool. That's cool.
Cool on Your Island. I love this song I mean, so much. Again, yeah, this is, you definitely hear Future Tori. And actually, this is the one song from this record that has sort of never left her conscious. Because she would play this periodically in her live sets. It matches well with her later but stuff. But she does it like a piano ballad. She doesn't do the whole oh, the yeah. tropical breakdown and whatnot. It's a gorgeous song. It's also, a beautiful song. It's a kind of a sad song that sounds happy. It is. Oh, it is. I it didn't, doesn't I, sound like overly happy. But no, I but mean, you're right. You're right. Um, the lyrics are pretty sad. I don't know how you interpret the, the kind of relationship she's discussing about, but I always think when I hear this song, Cool on Your Island, I think that she's kind of talking about how if you feel like you your emotions are running very high and you're feeling very passionate about something or for someone and they aren't matching your yeah. level of of not necessarily like your level of love but like your level of passion your level of excitement mm-hmm. that that can be a very daunting feeling and that's sort of what i've always thought this this song was about yeah i can see that i i i don't know i kind of look at it through the very similar to that just that kind of idea of being in something and you want it to work so badly but it's not quite there but you're like not ready to give it up but you're like man i don't know how long how much longer i can sit here and do this unless something changes and like you're in your little world but i need something more when you're gonna give me something more yeah kind of like that um i mean i i get it that way So Floating City, um, around the first time I heard this album, I was very obsessed with the video game Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. and the opening act of Final Fantasy VII, and uh, I guess the final act also, takes place in um, this city called Midgar, and it's literally like a floating city. It's literally like there's a giant plate built over and over, like, and people live under the plate, and then there are people who live floating above the plate. And so this song has always made me think about Midgar and Final Fantasy VII because I don't really think that she's singing about something that is like real world and tangible. I think this, this is just, this song is like total fantasy, right? Well, yeah, I think it's, I don't know, to me, I kind of, I kind of interpreted it like we, I don't know, wanting something more. Like that idea of we think we have it all figured out, but is it better elsewhere? Are we just comfortable? Is it better if you go anywhere else? Maybe we think everything's cool on Earth, but maybe something else is better. Oh, that's interesting. Or, I don't, that's the way I kind of figured. It's like, you know, the floating city is like a th- ideal, but you gotcha. don't really know what it looks like. You just know it's better and does it exist is kind of how I took it. Yeah, or even like same thing like a grass is always green on the other side, but like mm-hmm. via a relationship. Since everything with her, I feel like comes back to relationships and romance. Um she is definitely singing like, you know, take me away to your floating city. She's like asking, she's like asking for a, a pass. She's at, she wants the hand up, right? See, I took it more like not necessarily like an actual human relationship, like a spiritual relationship, mm. like looking for the higher 
meaning or, you know, a possible afterlife-ish kind of thing. It's kind of what I thought of it. I don't know. But I guess it could be either. Or it could be a trip on the Titanic, which is also (laughs) a floating city. Yeah, so speaking of uh, higher meaning through religion, (laughs) here we have Faith. This is probably the funkiest that Tori Amos will ever sound, right? She's rapping. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like when this started, I was like, you sure, girl? You sure? Uh, Is she sure? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, she she did it. She did it. She went there. She did it, and she spelled it with a Y. Yeah, I... I, um, I dig this. I love the piano work on it. Again, I hear later, Tori. Yeah, I hear I, the lyrics are beautiful. It's like, it's good, but I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I like Tori rapping. I don't know if I need funky Tori. I don't know. Like, I just feel like it cheapens it a little bit. But, I mean, it's it's a good song. There's definitely later Tori there. I just don't know why. Yeah, I, I think this track sounds very 90s. Oh, uh, yeah, I think yeah, that it's yeah. it's very surprising to learn that this was 1988 yeah. because it it sounds later. I wanted to include this one because I think it sounds the most like later Tori. Yes, this is this is really where you Tori hear the, the genesis of Tori Amos's career in this track called "Fire on Your Side." I mean, this is a straight up piano ballad, right? Oh yeah, it's a gorgeous song. Um, this is purely later Tori. Um, it's a song about how much it sucks to be the side piece, which I'm like, yep, yeah. And I just want to be the whole time. I'm like, Tori, you know he ain't gonna leave, right? <laughs> he ain't gonna leave her. You Girl, you that. did that to your goddamn self. <laughs> like, you're writing the song. You're telling yourself that right now. And finally, uh, the the beautiful, beautiful closing track on this album. Um, this is art. Yeah, uh, it's, I did it's not a, expect this. It's a trilogy. It's called the ATN trilogy. Um, it's divided into three sections. The first part is called the Highlands. Uh, then you move into the second movement, ATN, which is the bulk of the song. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, you get this um, brief bit of bagpipes that called Skyboat Song, which is apparently a traditional Scottish song. No, um, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, until very recently but uh i love let, let's i guess we can talk about each piece individually here except skyboat song i don't really have anything to say about the bagpipes <laughs> but whatever 
Um, it, it, begins, <laughs> it begins with this this beautiful instrumental piece called The Highlands, um, which I love because I grew up and, and continue to live in a neighborhood called The Highlands. Oh, yeah, and I didn't even think about that. This, <laughs> well, obviously, they're talking about, like, the Scottish oh, Highlands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, like, I hear this and it makes me think about, like, my childhood in the Highlands. It just sounds like that yeah. to me. And uh, I think it's very beautiful. Um, and then you move into ATN, which is this beautiful piano song about a witch or a woman who feels like an outcast and thinks she is a witch, um, mm-hmm. either or. Um, and okay, I know we've been very serious this episode, so I'm going to okay. break that up by saying that <laughs> every time I go, every time I go to the bank, I sing this song to myself, and I'm like, ATM, ATM. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is a thing that happens. You're going to get arrested doing that one day. Someone's going to think you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, I don't do it if someone else is standing at the fucking ATM. Hey, commit to it. If you're going to do it, commit. All right. Fair. Commit. Um, yeah, I know. This is so gorgeous. Like, I I kind of expected to hate it once I saw it was like a trilogy and it had like movements. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be <laughs> like too much for me. Um yeah, uh, it's gorgeous. It's still a little much. Still a little much. I'm not going to let her have everything. <laughs> it's still a little too much. Uh, but I mean, it's just so gorgeous. Like, this is just art. And I did not expect to get that on a 1988 Why Can't Tori album. But yet like, she's yet so, here we are. Like, I always figured she was weird about this album because it was just like fluff. You know, I thought she maybe thought it was just all fluff and stupid and so it would like cheapen her image of art or whatever it's not the case especially when you listen to this like it's not the case at all i don't know why she's weird about it So that's our um, that's our symposium on why can't Tori read an album that uh, I really truly thought was going to just be lost to time, and I I cannot tell you how pleased I am that she changed her mind about this and um, decided to remaster and re-release it. Mm-hmm. The remastering sounds fantastic, by the way, and it is worth grabbing a physical copy of this. Um, I bought it uh, when I I I, <laughs> I found out about it when I was in Chicago with uh, with my girlfriend. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like at uh, Reckless Records, and I see on this, and I like go, go up with my little two records from the dollar bin, and they had this list printed out on the counter near the top. I see Why Can't Tori Read. I said, Oh, do you have a copy of the of the Why Can't Tori Read album? And they're like, Oh, we might have a few left. And I'm like, A few. And they're like, Yeah, it just came out. And I'm like, What? <laughs> and then, and I, then like, he burned the whole place. Yeah, down. <laughs> basically, start frantically like googling. And I'm like, Oh my god! I'm like freaking out. You know, like talking to random people in the store. Why can't Tori Reid got re released? People are just looking at me like, I don't. What the fuck? What? And I was like having a, I was like totally having a meltdown. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm just so glad. I could not be happier that that she got over herself with this record. She got over herself <laughs> and and, uh, and re released this. Yeah. Um, I love this album. Always will. And uh, now everybody gets to hear it. Yes. Whether you like it or not. Um, And you don't have to go buy a physical copy if that's not your thing. It is uh, on the digital music services. And it's on Spotify. So um, listen to the whole thing. It's 
it's a it's a great experience. You will not regret it. Um, so we got uh, some good stuff planned in the next few weeks. We're headed toward the new year, another year of no. offbeat tracking. I can't believe we've been doing this for two and a half years almost, or a year and a half. We're ha- about yeah. to head into our third yeah. year. Yeah, it's about a year. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cr- crazy, isn't it? What have we even done with our lives? I don't know. A whole lot of nothing. 2018 will bring plenty more offbeat tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it will. Hopefully some other good stuff, too. That's Got right. <laughs> Tweet us and tell us what you'd uh, like us to cover in the next year or beyond. <laughs> you can reach yeah. us on our website. It's offbeattrackscast.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter, at Offbeat Tracks. I just realized it's almost New Year, which means that it's almost Eurovision season. Oh, God, baby. I way 10. Anyway. I feel like we just did our Eurovision episode. That's coming around again? Time flies. Mm. Well, it's like they start doing a little, like, I won't st- I'll shut up about Eurovision. You knew me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, we don't have that kind Tape of time. Tape my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Okay.